The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The others, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have, been ju- we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we celebrate the solemnity of Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, the King. And we have this really interesting gospel passage. And you would think that on the solemnity when we are celebrating the fact that God became a human being, God himself, to be itself, became a human being, he became one of us, he became a creature, and he did this to redeem us and to save us and to um, completely give himself to us, the ultimate act of love. You would think when we talk about Jesus as king of reality that we would have a gospel passage that maybe highlights him in a little more glorious form. Right? Maybe a resurrection account or something along those lines. But here we have in this image of, of Jesus on the cross. And it really kind of gets to the heart of what Jesus' kingdom looks like. And so there's a tension that, is, that, that we kind of talk about in this Feast of Christ the King. A tension between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God which Jesus established. And this tension began, we believe as Christians, in the very beginning of our humanity. God created us as human beings, and we fell. We call that original sin. Our first parents fell. And as we fell, we inherited this original sin, and we inherited this disposition towards sin, called concupiscence. And that that's like a disposition to do things that actually hurt us, but kind of seem appealing in the short term, but leave us injured and hurt and in pain. Why do we do the things that we don't want to do as human beings? This is concupiscence. And just kind of moving forward, Jesus talks about this throughout the four Gospels. He talks about this tension between the prince of this world, 
those are Jesus' words. He says, the prince of this world says, look, I'm not the, the one in charge of the world. The prince of this world right now has influence and sway. And the prince of this world is another word for Satan, the enemy of humanity. And Jesus' kingship looks different than Satan's. Satan's is the kingship of this world that we're all drawn to because of our, our, our disposition towards sin. And so these are the things that are, are promoted um, in our culture, in our society, and always have been, right? And we talk about honor, power, pleasure, wealth, um, what are the things that we're trying to orient our lives towards, right? Um, if you ask the average young person, what do you want to become or do when you get older? You're probably going to, it's going to fall into the category of one of those four things, right? Well, I want to make a lot of money. You know, I, I honor, I want to I have a lot of honor. I want to be very successful. Um, honor, power, pleasure, wealth. These are the things that we are drawn into, the things of this world. And Christ's kingdom is a, is a different kind of kingdom. Um, I'd like to read a gospel passage from a scene that takes place a little bit before the passage that we heard in today's gospel. And this is from John's gospel. And John records this really interesting conversation that Jesus has with uh, Pontius Pilate. Again, this discussion about kingship. And Pontius Pilate is a very prominent man. He is a a type of governor over the land that Jesus is being crucified in, which is the, the Holy Land. And this is the conversation that Jesus has with him as Jesus is being um, in the process of being condemned to death. Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight that I might not be handed over to the Jews. But my kingship is not from the world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth Here's my voice. Pilate said to him, What is what is truth? These words from Pilate should sound very familiar because this is the same tension that was going on in that conversation that is going on now. There is still, and we call this as Christians, spiritual warfare. There has been from the beginning. 
There have been martyrs, people who have witnessed to the fact that Jesus is the Christ. And they have been killed from the very beginnings of the church, starting with St. Stephen and on to the 20th century. The 20th century is said to be the century with the most Christian martyrs in human history. Incredible. This, this spiritual warfare that goes on underneath the surface of our lives, in our own hearts, for sure, in all of us, and also in the cultural wars. We see this now, uh, today. What is truth? What is truth? These words of Pilate. That's today, right? These are the things that we're arguing about in, in politics and in, um, in, our, in our schools, in our culture. We're, we're the, is there a such thing as an objective truth? And we talk about this term relativism. That is to say, all things are relative. There is no such thing as truth. Kind of like Pilate sarcastically says, what is truth? You know, truth is whoever the person in power says truth is. That's what truth is. That's kind of Pilate's point. I'm the one in charge of truth right now because I'm the one in power. So this battle wages on. The church, of course, is yelled at and sneered at in the same way that Jesus was when he was speaking these truthful words. Today, it's the, the major controversial things. And this changes throughout the ages, right? The things that the church teaches are controversial. There, there's kind of different controversies as the, as the ages go on. But now human sexuality is, is probably the main thing that is tensuous and scorned. And we get all these slurs hurled at us if we just hold to church teachings about the family about the dignity of all human beings, abortion, if we, if we talk in truth about marriage and family life, and all these, all these things that are just kind of the most tensuous things. What is truth? And so Christ, for his part, um, praise be to the Lord, is never forcing us to submit ourselves to his kingship. Jesus, notice, is not like the worldly dominating forces, right? You think about ancient Rome and, and, and the position of Pilate, right? Rome takes by force, and they strangle. They take as much money as they can from you, and they suck it out of all of these kingdoms that surround them, and, and they dominate by force. God does not dominate by force. Jesus does not dominate by force. We look up at the, at the crucifix here, the, this beautiful crucifix here at St. John's. That's not an image of, of domination. That's an image of invitation, of freedom. And so, unlike Caesar, Jesus doesn't wear a, a golden crown, or I think Caesar wore actually uh, uh, kind of like a wreath of plants over his head. Um, Jesus wears a crown of thorns. Jesus doesn't sit on a golden throne. Jesus' Jesus's throne is the cross. Jesus doesn't have a myriad of soldiers around him and citizens and, and, and people that belong to him cheering him on. 
He just has kind of a few scattered followers and no one else. Everybody's actually jeering at him. And so this is the contrast. But in the end, in the end, God's victory is the ultimate and true victory. And for us to submit to Jesus in his very gentle, open invitation to us, our surrender to him as king of our lives, of our decisions. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life if, if, if we're a young person? Lord, what are you asking me to do in this relationship? Lord, I don't want to forgive this person. But our submission to Christ will be the game for us, the eternal game. And as Jesus himself says, you cannot serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other, or love one and hate the other. And this is the battle and the tension of this, of this, in our, of this spiritual war in our own lives, in our own hearts, is we don't, we don't really want to surrender. It's very difficult to surrender. Surrender takes trust, takes faith in the person that we're surrendering to. Do you actually have my best, do you actually have my best interest at hand? But what good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit our lives, as Jesus also says? So at the end, in the end, our lives are very, very short. As many of you in this church know, we don't live forever. You start to, as you you get older, you start to just recognize, I mean, I'm not going to live forever. Ultimately, our lives are failures, are total and complete failures if our lives are not like the life of this criminal that we read about in our gospel at the end. And we, if we're not hearing the words, if we're not hearing the words that this criminal, who's really lived a very poor life up until this point, it seems, is hearing, today you will be with me in paradise. Well done, good and faithful servant. Then it was all for nothing. This is the promise of Christ the King, though. The promise of Christ the King is for joy and freedom in this life and a share in his kingly power in the life to come. Lord, we ask you to receive all of our families into into Christ's kingdom. We hand our lives over to to Jesus Christ, our King, King of the universe. Help us to not subjugate Jesus' presence in our lives to just a little spot in our week or in our lives, but help him to take over all aspects of our life. Help us to be people of integrity. We surrender St. John the Baptist Parish and all the families herein to the kingly power of the Lord Jesus. Please be patient with us, gentle with us, and give us the joy that comes with being and belonging to the Lord Jesus. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's just take a few moments in silent prayer, listening to and speaking with the Lord in our hearts.